Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Mark Bell's Power Project Podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Piedmontese Beef. And Seema, you work with a lot of clients, uh, definitely have, some have different goals. Some have, uh, they want to gain strength. Some want to lean down. But uh, can you tell me why for most people getting more protein in is important? So, I mean, something that not only do people struggle with, I struggle with a lot is getting really hungry during a diet. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's the biggest thing. It's like people are dieting and they're like, I want to eat more. I need more food. <laughs> but, you know, one of the reasons why protein is so important, and Mark talks about this all the time with his protein leveraging diet, is that when you have more protein, it's satiating. You feel full. You don't feel like eating a crazy amount of food. And the great thing about Piedmontese is that not only does it have a lot of protein per every single serving of meat, but it has minimal amounts of fat that if you're dieting, you can kind of go to town on Piedmontese and you're not getting in that many calories of fat. It's great. It's perfect for if you're cutting. And if you're bulking, well, you can just have more meat. It's pretty amazing. You guys got to check it out. Yeah, you guys got to get satiated today by he- by eating a higher quality cut of beef. And the best way, in our opinion, to do that is by heading over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com. At checkout, enter promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Fanning off his balls. <laughs> and it's just like a big, ba- you know, some of these babies, sometimes their balls like, get pretty big in comparison to how big the baby is it's pretty it's pretty funny and uh we're like uh what are you like what are you doing she's like i don't know he looks like he's really hot it's it's like a summer day so she's trying to like fan him off she's like i figured this would help she went straight to the source yeah yeah wait were his balls exposed yeah yeah he was naked yeah Yeah, he's naked she's like fanning off his nuts yeah it is funny, like like body proportions. I wish size. I had someone do that for me. Me too. God, fuck, it's getting a little feel warm. Amazing, <laughs> get a little warm in here. But yeah, Andrew, it, get, grab that newspaper. For me. <laughs> yeah. Been waiting for you to say that all day. Mm-hmm. Oh, God. Hell yeah! But anyway, so we're live. But oh, yes, yeah, it is funny though, like the uh, proportions of sizes, right? Like <laughs> you got a big old head, torso, and then it's like, damn, you're packing some heat. <laughs> <laughs> Does he uh, look like he's wearing like little rubber bands on his wrist because his like forearms are all fat? Uh, there, I you know I'll go back and check, but I don't think he's that quite chubby quite yeah, yet. Yeah, it's but, funny because yeah, the wrist goes in and the forearm goes back uh-huh. out with just like a big old thing of chub. Yeah, yeah, eventually he'll be able to like put his hands in his pockets without clothes on, <laughs> you know, because he's just got creases everywhere. But he is getting the, uh, the, the the nice little double chin going now. Nice. So that part's cool. There yeah. Go. Keeps gaining, son. And it was cool that the doctor was like... Um, chubby kneecaps. Uh, yeah. Like, How do you have yeah. chubby kneecaps? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But it's for when they crawl. Like, yeah. they're all set up. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Oh, wow. Yeah, a little padding. Yeah. Didn't realize that. Built-in <laughs> protections. Uh, yeah, the, the doctor was like, so you guys are just exclusively breastfeeding? It's like, yeah. It's like, wow. Okay. Like... That's cool because he's supposed to only gain like one ounce per day or whatever. And he's like surpassed that. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, yeah, shout out to Element. You know, we had Rob Wolf on talking about how that has helped, you know, shown to uh, to help uh, the production of breast milk. And yeah, Stephanie's been drinking at least one a day. There you go. And it's freaking awesome. Yeah. Kids getting jacked. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, He's gaining weight. So I'm like, hell yeah. Keep eating, son. All these bodybuilders that love breast milk are now going to be giving their donors. Oh, yeah. That was a thing for a little bit, right? That's still a thing. Really? Yeah. All they do is got to, you know, get your, get your lady that's getting you that breast milk. If you want to increase your production, get some element in her. Yeah. 
Knock on your neighbor's door. You see that she's pregnant? Here you go. Hey, can you take this and then in return, just give me the excess stuff that your baby can't eat? Because he's not going to be able to eat all of it. Man, no, I got it. How are people getting breast milk online? Is that what we decided? It's probably online. Yeah. um, Based on that, like that, that it was like a documentary on Mm -hmm. Netflix or something. Like they they showed, like they followed a, a, somebody who lifts <laughs> that was trying to buy it or whatever mm. trying to buy buy breast milk and i think they had like craigslist ads you can probably somewhere yeah. online but then they had experts saying like hey like that's kind of like there's bacteria in that and mm. you know it's not really gonna do anything for you other than help you just gain like weight like not like muscle or anything yeah. like there's no extra like super protein in there right times yeah. are hard it's covid for all my <laughs> female hustlers out there yeah. you know? mm-hmm. if you got you know uh, speaking of breast milk, <laughs> uh, our do- our good doctor friend, Dr. Tony Huge, <laughs> wants oh. to come back on the podcast. Yeah. And he said that um, he has a few uh, like documentaries out. He wanted us to check them out, but I'm not really sure how to watch them. Do you know how to? It's yeah, like Enhanced uh, 2 and Enhanced whatever. I so was like, I don't I, I believe they're on demand, but he did send me a... a oh, they're a, on like History Ch- National Geographic? So there's the National Geographic one. Is that uh, the one that was mentioned on Rogan? Yes, that, mm-hmm. uh, the dude. So, so he said they're super popular. They're like uh, they're, downloaded more than anything any other documentary that they have. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah, like, uh, they're really good. And then uh, like wow. Casey came up to me like when it aired, and he's just like, "Hey, I saw your boy on National Geographic." I was like, "Whoa!" Like finally, it came out. Um, you know, not saying that like this happens all the time to everybody, but like you hear somebody say like, "Oh yeah, I'm working on this project with." national geographic or you know blah blah blah. and it's like okay yeah sure you are yeah exactly (laughs) and then yeah 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 we know (laughs) like like sure tony like they're gonna show steroids on national geographic and it's like oh and they did they did they did my brother knew a guy at gold's gym that like went up to my brother he's so excited one day he's like yo bro i got a show and my brother's like what he's like you were able like i didn't even my brother's like i didn't even know you were actor (laughs) he goes yeah man he goes i'm i'm on i'm on every day and my brother's like, well, how do I find out more about it? He's like, I'm on YouTube. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> well, my brother was like, cool. He's my like, show my brother a- didn't know what to say. So he's like, congratulations. Oh, awesome. yeah. My show has a dedicated website and everything. <laughs> Go ahead and write this one down. <laughs> YouTube.com. <laughs> Slash. Yeah. Uh, what was it? Oh, so anyway, uh, watching, show. watching the, uh, the National Geographic show on Tony Huge, you, you forget things that happened yesterday, let alone like a year or two ago. Yeah. Watching the show, I'm like, oh yeah. So the 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 lady that conducted the whole like documentary that was also on Joe Rogan, yeah, was hanging out right here in this podcast room interviewing me, uh, just to see, like as a side project to see if they wanted to film here at the gym. Oh, and I'm just like, oof, like all the memories came back. I'm like, oh, that's right. Oh, like wow. I did meet and hang out with them. Yeah, her and like the producer. That's cool. Yeah, it was wild, but. Enhanced and then enhanced to the max or whatever. Wow, there's a lot of us. There's a lot of us. <laughs> sounds in like the, a sequel. It's yeah, funny. there's a lot of us in the second one because that was when like that was like right in the middle of Sarmageddon. Yeah. So they filmed a lot of stuff here, and I can get you guys a link to watch all of the above. Yeah, we got to check it out and then have them on the show. Yeah. Just people like gaining weight like crazy, pretty much, right? Yeah, lot, lots of uh, lots of injections. Um, and it's it's some a lot of it when we had Tony Huge and um, Canadian Trevor, yeah. mm. Trevor Curitson, sorry buddy, um, 
you know, when he took a bunch of stuff and he was like, yeah, I gained like 15 pounds overnight or whatever. Mm-hmm. And everyone's like, well, like, that's like a lot of water. Like some of it's water. Like, well, mm-hmm. I mean, but how much, you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of that where they, they do the DEXA scans and stuff and they can show that they gained a bunch of muscle and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, then like Lee Priest will come on and be like, oh, shit, I can do that, too. And, you know, in two days, if I just eat a bunch of shit and gain water. <laughs> so. It is interesting. There should be like an upper, there should be like an upper limit on how much water you can gain, you know, via like percentage of body weight. I'm sure each person's maybe a tiny bit different there, but like, yeah, you could probably only retain so much water. I I would assume, um, unless you were doing something for a really long period of time, I would say, I would, I would guess that you could probably retain more and more water over Mm -hmm. like a longer period of time. But if we're talking about like 48 hours or, you know, a week or two, um, I could see how you could gain, uh, probably 20 pounds in two weeks. Uh, wouldn't, I actually, I don't think gaining 20 pounds in two weeks would be hard even without steroids. Mm. I think if you just ate like a motherfucker and oh, got after it, I, I think you it. could gain. And then, but like, <clears throat> I guess what I'm trying to say here is some of it, some of the volume of what you, some of what you weigh would be the actual food and would be the actual water. You know, that would be part of it, you know, because you're not going to be emptying that out all the time. So and quite a bit of fat. If it was two weeks, boy, I. I oh, yeah. I yeah, could yeah. gain. I could gain 20 pounds in two weeks. Yeah. Quite mm-hmm. a bit of it would be fat. There'd be quite a bit of water and a little bit of muscle. That's an interesting question. How long does it take to gain some fat? You know, does it like does it, that happen in days? Probably, you know. Oh, yeah. Probably can happen in two, three days. Mm-hmm. You can be fatter. You can definitely hold on to water like immediately. You can, mm-hmm. We could do it right now. We could eat a bunch of carbs and drink a bunch of water and we could all like retain water. But like gaining fat, it probably ta- it probably takes a few, at least a day or two or three. You know? Oh, yeah. Interesting. That, yeah. I don't, it's, it's tough to say because then you, you still see younger people fairly big, you know, like so it's like, man, you haven't been on the planet long enough to really. Right. But it's like there they are. So right. That's that's tough. Yeah. They're Wait, what kidding. do you mean? I'm for some uh, reason, just, I'm just lost. You know, uh, just kids, like obese children, mm, okay. you know, like, fuck, like if you're X amount overweight, like you've only been around for X amount of years, like shit, mm-hmm. you've been on a tear, <laughs> you know, it's like yeah. shit. So yeah, like, maybe they started out right, that's kind of yeah. overeating yeah. Yeah. at a really, really young age. So we're, what I'm saying is like, we're, we're pretty good at it. Yeah. yeah. Like we're efficient at getting fatter. Real quality, high palatable foods. It's like you can get in a lot of calories without trying. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. I've been talking a lot about being less fat, you know, trying to give people uh, some motivation from a different side, like rather than even think about like being skinny or um, even just trying to think about like losing a bunch of weight, just be less fat. Like just could you eat a little bit less, you know, could, could, can you cut back a little bit? Can you, Develop the discipline to put a Ben and Jerry's back in the freezer. Uh, you know, could you, there's a lot of times when you're eating and you're like, I don't really need any more food, mm-hmm. but then what do we do usually? You know, we usually finish it off. And if you're already heavy, you can just make the decision to be like, I'll oh, save the rest for tomorrow. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it takes, yeah, it, it takes a lot to be able to do that though. Takes years. Uh, it takes years. It takes repetition. And I, I, like, I'm actually very serious about that, especially if you uh, come from a, a place of like, I want to get big, I want to get strong, mm-hmm. and you eat everything on your plate, you don't leave anything to to put some food back. Yeah, it's an ego blow. <laughs> well, and then maybe you just learn to take a little bit less too. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't, you know, at my house, like 
my wife will cook up some food and then we have some food either like in the pan or we put it like on a dish and then you gather the food up and then you go sit down. You know, we don't, we don't always, sometimes we'll bring the food to the table. It kind of just depends on what meal it is. Um, but then, you know, from there you can just kind of determine how much food you put on your plate, you know, try to fill up that plate with protein, try to fill up the plate with vegetables. And if there's something else there, try not to have too much of that. Yeah. I did used to pride myself on how much I could stack my plate though. Oh yeah. Thanksgiving, yeah. Christmas, everyone yep. would be taking food and not just be like, well, then you're mm-hmm. kind of known for being that person too. Yep. Like, Oh man, he always eats a lot. Like, <laughs> I don't know. It's a thing. It becomes a thing. Like it you're does. the, you're the guy that's funny or you're the person that cheers everybody up mm-hmm. or whatever. You have like an identity yeah. and then you, you play into that. Yeah. I mean, in a Mexican household, you're, you're, it's really rude to not destroy <laughs> hell of food on your plate, you know, like, and if you don't, then you're, you actually like I've been spanked before because I didn't finish my food. Oh yeah, no, actually, you know what I, I mean. Yeah, like that's happened to me too. I, honestly, like I wish I can go back and like get spanked for like I don't know, not eating the good food. You know, <laughs> like instead of like just like eating whatever. Yeah. Because like I mean, obviously my views are way different now than mm-hmm. when I was a kid. Like when I was a kid, I just you didn't pizza. eat nutrient dense enough foods. Yeah. Whack. How much? How many grams of protein today? <laughs> I don't know. Twenty five. Whack. <laughs> <laughs> There's no vitamin D in that food. Whack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no. But I think I think we're in a re- a really good place now because like You mean the that, three of us? Oh, for sure the three oh, of us. Okay. Yeah. But not like generationally because I feel like there is a big My mind um, drifted there for a second. <laughs> it's like the way he said it, I think. We're in a really good place now. I was guys. like I was got so excited. Yeah. I was like yeah. I was like, really? Like, man, we've been working so hard on our relationship. I'm like I'm, glad like, he's I'm feeling so it. happy that I, we're here now. I thought I was the only one that was feeling that energy. <laughs> oh, by the way, where'd you get that hat? Or what is that hat? It's pretty Uh-oh. dope. Top secret. It is? Mhm. No, it's actually just a a hat that we can print on. So, oh, we're really? Print on it, yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, no. I was like, is that like a Lulu hat or something? Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty sick. I think we're it's just like a, that? I think it's just like a flex fit or something. Let me see. It doesn't just look like a flex it's, fit though. It's, it's top it looks, secret because yeah, it's on the it's, top uh, of his head. Oh, it is just a flex mm-hmm. fit. Sick. Mm-hmm. Well, don't, well, don't give out our secrets. Yeah. Flex fit. You can bleep it. Okay. Yeah, let's well, bleep we're, it. It's up. We're live. <laughs> Speaking of, real quick, uh, markbellslingshot.com. Today is free shirt Friday. Oh yeah. No way. Yep. Don't go giving them shit. It's yours. not. It's not up to me. I'm just the messenger. Don't oh, kill him. me. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, I have no idea what the actual. I'll look it up. But yeah, free shirt Friday. Mark Wilson. Are we actually live? Or are we on African time? <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. He's explaining to yeah. us so that way we don't Let me get explain canceled. that. Yeah, because Mark, he's going to get canceled if, if I don't explain this. What? There's white people in Africa too, right? Um. Yeah, South Africa. There's a lot of them over oh, there. Yeah. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, the more you know. So I was I was saying we were in a good place, but, <laughs> but now, now we're not. not. <laughs> um, uh, that was a close one, guys. African a white time. guy, a black guy, and a Mexican guy <laughs> walk into a podcast room. What could go wrong? <laughs> what could go wrong? All right. So African time is this, um, and all my all my Africans know about this. But I think also Andrew knows about this too because there's apparently Mexican time. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, in, in, at like Nigerian parties and functions, you know, like Mexican straight up. <laughs> <laughs> Got Andrew pretty good with that one. Yeah, Straight up, it's true. If a function starts at like five, right, and the flyer says five, everything says be here at five. Everyone gets there at like seven, seven thirty, like <laughs> like clockwork. It, it, it's it's real. It's this isn't a joke. It's, um, it's like everyone will get there at seven. The whole thing will actually start at seven, um, and people will just arrive then. And if you arrive before that, like 
that that just wasn't smart. Maybe like, you're you part should have of the, read the flyer. Maybe you're part of the setup or something, <laughs> helping with the party or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're usually someone that's just helping there, put up chairs, put up tables, but no one gets there at time. This includes weddings and wedding parties. <laughs> so um, that's real shit. Like that, that, that is real. African time is real. I, I bet you I could Google it right now and Urban Dictionary is going to give me something. something. Yeah, yeah. But um, I, I think it turns was, out there are some differences between all of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I think it was. Let's not point them out. It was uh, <laughs> uh, George Lopez. He was just like Mexicans. Just think everything is fifteen minutes away. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what time, how far the distance is. Like yeah, I'll be there in fifteen minutes. Like that's just what it is. And if I tell you I'm fifteen minutes away, that means I just left. There's no way. <laughs> it should be noted that almost every African on both leaving and really receiving end does this. So if one does actually arrive on American time, don't be surprised if a party is still getting set up, a person is still getting ready, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Guests arrive on African party at 9 p.m. when the invite said 6:30. You got to remember this for his wedding. <laughs> <laughs> wedding invite says note: there will be no African time at this ceremony. It will start promptly. Uh-huh. Like weddings actually put that on the flyers that there won't be they African sure. time that will actually start is, on time that's amazing. So it's real like i'm not joking so um that is african time if, if it's if it's white like how do you know when to get there you just, <laughs> you just add 90 minutes or two yeah, hours just add about 90 minutes to two hours yeah, yeah. but yeah. if it's widely accepted like well known then that's fine right like yeah. it, it's just you're not late you're not late <laughs> you came on time, on African it's time. It's pretty sick because you could show up an hour an hour late and be early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so smoky. Like, if I'm man. ever late, just yeah. I confused it with African time. Oh, now, we, <laughs> now we get it. Now we see. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, today's topic we're talking about how competition for a lot of us has set us straight and has set us uh, to. Uh, have a cascade of disciplines that descends downward from, hey, I'm going to compete, you know, March 24th. And because you know you're going to pe- compete March 24th and you lay out how many weeks that is and you start to really prep for it, you start to prepare for it, whether it's powerlifting, bodybuilding, jujitsu, it uh, doesn't matter really what it is. You start to prep for it and you're like, this is the competition. And, uh, you know, what do we say? Like, I, you know, oh, I'm going to take the training like more seriously. I'm you guys are going to see me around a lot more because. I got this competition in March or April or whatever it is. And so that, you know, you, you really start to kind of, you really start to up the, the production of, of you training. You're, you're really trying to, you're working really hard. And um, we're going to talk a little bit more today about how and why you should just be kind of working hard all the time. Sort of the kind of goes along with the saying of, you know, if you stay ready, then you don't have to get ready. Yeah. But then how do we do different versions of that? Because it's not really, it's not realistic to be, you know, 5% body fat unless you're gifted with having a, some people have a body that kind of stays in a certain leanness most of the, most of the time. Um, but for the most part, most people will diet down to be 5% body fat. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then what, and then what happens? Then they're 10% body fat, you know, then they gain 20 pounds of body fat after the competition or after whatever it is that they were doing. And so it's hard to stay on point when you don't have a really specific goal. The more specific the goal, the easier it is to stay on point with your training because you're like, I need this training. I need this training is, is the language that we use. 
because I have this competition on this day, I'm going to, you know, I'm trying to squat 800 pounds and I can't, I physically would not be able to go to this contest and squat 800 pounds without training frequently for it, without being very serious about training. And so when a competition's lined up, we're all fired up. We're all set. We're ready to go. We're, we got everything all dialed in. Now, you know, in now times, we have uh, the coronavirus is around and a lot of competitions are shut down. And so how do you stay on point? Why do you, st- why would you stay on point? And uh, I have a bunch of suggestions. I think Encima does too. And we'll review those today. Yeah, no, I'm really, really excited about this topic just because, you know, um, I, I saw it a lot when I was doing bodybuilding. Uh, when, when guys would compete, they're like, okay, cool. Competition's coming up. They get ready. They compete. But now the off season is potentially going to be a year. And this was obviously before Corona and there are more competitions. And in that year, like some guys would be too scared of gaining body fat. So they would like hold on to their leanness until they were getting ready for another competition. And then they'd look the same on stage. Right. Um, and then some guys would just kind of, they'd be lackadaisical in their training for, for a while until it came until they were like 20 weeks out from competition. Okay. Now I'm going to bump up and train super hard. And they look the same on stage again. You know, it's like, you're not really doing much in the same with powerlifting, right? Um, you're training, you're training, you see a competition that's 16 weeks out. Okay. Let's bump up the training. Let's start training hard. And then you don't really have really great PRs because you weren't the whole time you weren't putting in the work you needed to do to really beat those old PRs or be competitive. And then jujitsu, it's like (laughs) the same thing. I'm going to train four times a week now because I have a competition schedule, but why weren't you training four times a week before? Mm. Why weren't you doing that? Like that, like, or just uh, even being consistent with training three times a week. Like why were you only training once and then once and then four times and once and four times you keep going back and forth between that. Uh, when you're in competition, the four times happens all the time. And when you're not in competition, you're only there once a week. Mm -hmm. And then you're probably running into a lot of injuries. You're probably also really having trouble making just steady progress. And if you could make it there three times a week, that's why a lot of the stuff that we share on, on the power project, a lot of stuff that we share, we try to give you guys stuff. That's um, really palatable stuff that you can stuff that you can actually implement into your day. You know, the 10 minute walk is something that we talk about all the time, but you can 10 minute walk anything. You can apply this to stretching. Like I have been at night following the Natty professor's uh, stretching recommendations. Um, But just by simply stretching for 10 minutes, you know, you could read for 10, you can do any of this stuff. It doesn't have to necessarily be 10 minutes, but you dedicate a time, the AMRAP mentality kind of, uh, uh, via uh, Jason Kalipa, mm-hmm. who's talked about that before. He, you know, he would set a watch for these workouts. And then he was like, I'm going to set a watch for my life. You know, I'm going to set, boom, 15. I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. Grabs his phone. He sits there and he literally will do that. I yeah. mean, he's a nutcase, but <laughs> <laughs> but he's holding it down pretty good over there. You know, he, he's a very successful person. And so we can do this with anything. But if, if we're implementing bits of consistency all the time, it's going to be way easier to be really, really good at something. I think one of the number one places to start when you, when we start to think about stuff like this is you want to have a little bit of a mind shift. If you are somebody that currently competes and you're, you're currently the guy that gets really fired up and excited about competition, but when there's not a competition around, you're kind of, you don't have the same motivation. Then I think we just need to work on shifting the mind and, an example of this would be, let's say that, uh, let's say that you're prepping for a meet and you get injured. 
that's a great example of shifting your mind. Uh, one option is to be super sad and super upset about the injury that you have Mm -hmm. and, uh, how this always happens to you and you can play the victim thing and you could be out of the gym for a few weeks or months and, and really get really down. People can get really depressed when they get hurt. So it's good to check in with your buddies that get hurt. You should take it a little bit more seriously. I remember when I was wrestling anytime, anytime somebody got seriously injured, like they had to go to the hospital, which happened a lot. Um, you would call them up because you're like, it's not so much you just for me- mental purposes you want to kind of check in on them and make sure they can uh, recover from it but it's demoralizing you get injured one minute you were moving around 400 pounds 500 pounds and you thought you were a stud you felt invincible and now you can't even get up and down a flight of stairs yeah without having tons of pain or going down sideways and hold on to the railing you're you know you're just like fuck man i really i really screwed up shifting your mind to some different things what can you do well, you could probably still bench press, you know, maybe you can work on some bench press or maybe it's a time period to work on your physique. Like maybe it's a time to work on a transformation, you know, maybe because you're, this is what happened to me when I fell with 1,085. I was like, I don't know what will happen with my power to think career. That's pretty uh, vicious injury. I was messed up for a pretty long time. I was messed up for about three months and I was like, I'm 330 pounds. Mm-hmm. I could very easily be under 300. So let me work on that. So shifting your mind to something different, something different to be uh, competitive with. But ultimately, I think if you're in competition with yourself, then you don't have to ever really worry too much about going in once a week versus going in four times a week. I think that you're always going to show up if you're in constant competition with yourself. You're just trying to get a little bit better every day and recognize that if you do that one and four and one and four back and forth, it's just going to take you a lot longer. I'm not saying you can't be successful that way. It's going to take you a lot longer to be successful. So chip away, even if it's twice a week and you do it for a long time and you can make three times a week here and there, I think that'll be way more productive than getting all fired up and going four times a week for three months in a row. Yeah. You know, I think it's interesting because there, there was an episode where we talked about like, to get the ball rolling, sometimes it is good to sign up for a powerlifting meet mm-hmm. or sign up for a bodybuilding show so you can get things moving. So if you're in that boat um, and you want to do that, that's good. You should do that. If Maybe it's your first competition or something. But after that, if you get that fire to compete, um, you have to, like, like Mark just mentioned, you have to first off learn how to shift and figure out some different goals outside of competition that'll, that'll keep you going. But I think even, even a even be under shift, like figuring out those, those smaller goals of things that you can do in training, you just got to kind of learn how to just like the whole thing, Mm -hmm. like, like training, you know, like going into the gym and working on those movements and enjoy that, that aspect of things. Um, because if you enjoy, like I enjoy training in jujitsu, I enjoy training in the gym. If you enjoy it, there's always going to be the ease of finding out something to improve on. Even if it's a minuscule thing, like figuring out how to like, get better at pull-ups, right? So mm-hmm. like when we were in quarantine, some of us only had a pull-up bar and, and the ground for some push-ups, right? So getting fired up to do that because increasing your back strength might actually help you out when, you know, help you out in terms of getting stronger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I know I'm definitely guilty of, um, I guess, not loving the process mm-hmm. because if I don't have a shoot scheduled or anything, it's like, uh, I got I can go kind of hard today. Like, you know, it, there's just, you leave that room for making up the excuse of not giving 100% every day. Yeah. 
you know, and it's weird. It's it. I, I know for myself, it's just falling in love with that process. You know, oh, I love like the end result, of course. You know, like yeah, that is great. But mm-hmm. if you have been there, once that's over, you're kind of like, oh man, it was cool. You know, putting in all that work. You know, four a.m. workouts or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's just weird, like. Not that I don't appreciate it, but like not appreciating appreciating it in the moment. You know, I think for like I said, for me and for many others, that's where some of that like uh, you know the off season woes come in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like, uh, well, I'm not not training for anything right now, so I'm just gonna go work out. Right, like the difference between training and working out. Like yeah. I'm just gonna go work out, and you kind of scrolling on your phone or just like, Hey, and see what's up. Let's talk and not work out. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's tough. That's a tough spot to be in. Maybe treat some of it like you're a little kid. You know, I know you're pretty good at pull-ups so you can go through some of the exercise. And if you're not feeling it at the moment and you're, you know, you, I don't know, you did three sets of six of pull-ups. Like what would a little kid do? You know, a little kid would be like, let me see how many I can do, you know? Mm-hmm. And they yeah. just, just do as many as they can, you know? So that's going to be, hard like if you're not if you're not really feeling it it's gonna be kind of tough mm-hmm. um and you could even drop down right from the pull-ups right into push-ups and see how many you can do of those once you do that once you make the action towards that you're gonna be fucking fired up oh yeah especially once you get to like rep number seven you're like i think i could do 10 you get to 10 you're like i think i could do 12 and you surprise yourself and you get like 13 reps mm-hmm. or something you drop down bang out some push-ups maybe you get a little bit further on along on your push-ups now you're like really like you're euphoric at that point. Mm-hmm. And how long did that take you to get there? Maybe 30 seconds, maybe right. 60 at the most. Like it didn't yeah. take you very long. You went from zero to a hundred real quick. Right. Yeah. I think uh, like a, a young Andrew, like the, the kid in me would definitely like back in the day would have like imagined this whole scenario where I'm at a pull up competition in front of hell of people yeah, and like people right? screaming. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, it's, that's a silly thought, but yeah, a kid would do that. And that would actually yeah, have kid, gotten me to, a kid playing with a baseball in the front yard or football exactly. bottom of the ninth, yep. you know, and they throw the ball up to themselves and they whack the ball. It's a home run, you know, like just try to think of like mm-hmm. teams down by two points, yeah. two seconds left, you know, trying to make the last game winning shot. Three, two. Mm-hmm. Oh, he was fouled when you miss, you know, make some weird, make some weird challenge, you know, Even yeah. you're, you're pushing 80 pound dumbbells for the day on some bench press and just say, no, fuck it, man. I'm going to roll the dice and see if I can move those hundreds today. And yeah. maybe you only get like two or three reps, but it's a, you, you, a lot of times you need a challenge to really elicit the the um, the response that we're looking for here. And it can re, it can help a lot. It helps shift your mind. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about something and I think it's, again, some, a lot of people do have access to gyms now, which is great, but some people still don't. Mm. And I think it, it, it's, it's like we were just saying, it's a good idea to figure out what you can do that might actually give you some progress in terms of like your bigger goal, whether it's powerlifting or bodybuilding. Um, and it's funny because uh, I told you guys, I started longboarding like again, a long time ago. I used to longboard as a teenager, uh, but I wasn't really that good at it, but I, I bought one last year. Right. And I've been doing it quite a bit. And the, the funny thing I noticed is that initially I was really crappy and falling off of it all the time, but <laughs> I've gotten pretty decent now. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is that by getting better at longboarding, my jujitsu's improved mm. because of my, my single leg balance. Like I'm doing a lot of weird shit on the mat now where I'm like standing on one leg and passing somebody's guard. And I'm just like, Oh shit. Like I'm, 
I'm staying on this leg and I'm not wiggling around because yeah. because of it's because of long wax on wax off <laughs> right, right? <laughs> and and it's gotten me like Paint like the fence exactly <laughs> and, and like I think of like okay if a powerlifter maybe they don't have gym access but maybe they're like I want to like maybe just increase my endurance a little bit by doing some run walks and then they go back into the gym later on and they're like whoa I can do this without gassing out my mm-hmm. workouts feel better my recovery is better just because you got a little bit better at running right that's that's a pretty big yeah. deal. Something that's totally outside of your sport can drastically improve your performance. Yeah. You uh, increased your work capacity. And now you mm-hmm. can do more work in less time and you can be bigger and stronger with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just going to say that like, I've been using some, some footage from your YouTube channel for jujitsu. You're just, you kind of wreck people sometimes, <laughs> dude. Uh, there was one, I, I don't know what it's, it's not called, very but nice. like you, you, you grab them and he then like, nice you, like throw them over and I'm like, no wonder why you can't find anybody to roll with. Jesus. No, everybody does roll with me. Like, I, no joking. one says no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. But you know what I mean? Like, I was yeah. like, oh, poor guy. <laughs> like, he's over here just trying to get in a good roll. And then Seema <laughs> just fucking threw him right on his head. Oh, you probably man. play nice with most people that are, like, softer, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. of course. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, no I, I really do. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like depending on the opponent, like right. I'll, I'll gauge like how much. Yeah, if someone's a motherfucker, then you got to do what you got to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. But like, you know, no one that I train with is like unnecessarily rough or whatever, unless they're a white belt. Mm. Um, and white belts, they just try to use too much energy. And like with those guys, you just kind of just just slowly suffocate them. Yeah. <laughs> In the well, it's probably not possible. a good idea to try to wreck them either because you might no. hurt yourself in the process, right? Like, exactly. You might be like, fuck this guy. And then you go to do something and it, it hurts them and hurts you. And sometimes some people are so dumb, they're like immune to pain too. Yeah. Like, you're like, I just totally killed that guy. I didn't care for some reason. Yeah. But it's not even a white belt's fault because they don't know what to do. So they're yeah. trying to do everything. And yeah. I mean, I, when I was a white belt, I was like, yeah. I didn't think I was, but like, there's this guy, Jack, he's like, you had a little bit of white belt rage <laughs> when you just try things and you don't know when you're using your strength. It happens. Yeah. There's no way to uh, hide mm-hmm. the fact that you're completely Bad. amateur and new <laughs> to the whole thing. You're green. Like there's just no, you know, you can't, <laughs> you, uh, you can't hide it. You it's can't. like, it's very obvious. We saw that a lot with pro wrestling too. People would just kind of have happy feet and have a lot of uh, unnecessary movement. You see that a lot in boxing too. Like when yep. someone's like, trying to box they bounce around a lot and it do- doesn't look like a boxer mm-hmm. you know a boxer isn't really like bouncing around for no reason they're they have footwork that is uh that is enhancing their movement enhancing angles and things like that but as someone who's new mm-hmm. just looks like they're hopping up and down on both feet and kind of moving around kind of silly and you're like what the hell is that <laughs> exactly but shifting your mind and shifting you know your focus into uh doing some other stuff i think is really valuable so um, you don't have competition at the moment. Why not see like what you could do for a set of 10 or a set of 20 or uh, what you can do with like something crazy, like German volume training, do like 10 sets of 10 on something. Can you squat 225 for 10 sets of 10 with 45 seconds rest in between? It's like, that doesn't really sound that hard. But once you get in the middle of it, once you get 50 reps in, now you're second guessing like why you tried that in the first place, but things like that can be, uh, can be not only fun, but as Nsema pointed out, it could be training something different. You could be training 
your conditioning levels. And when you go back to doing your heavier stuff, you're going to be able to handle more work and more volume. And that's all that training is. And that all, that's all that strength training is. It's just uh, building up resilience, building up uh, the ability to accept the input that you put into your body. Otherwise, you're doing stuff that you're not quite ready for. And that's how we get hurt. And that's how we have setbacks. And that's how you stay stagnant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing, you know, outside of having that goal of competing, you need to set up, especially like right now, since you in, in a majority of these sports, it's hard to find a competition. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was just mentioning a, a client of mine, you know, he had a bodybuilding competition set for like, a, I think, a month and a half, two months from now, just canceled. Right. So it's necessary to try to set up like these mini training goals that, you know, you'll probably enjoy. Um so that like you'll you'll have something to to look forward to when it comes to training. It could be as simple as a bodybuilder as like, okay, well, I think my best on dumbbell bench press was 70 for 10. So in these next four or five months, let me see if I can increase that to, you know, 80 pounds for 10 reps, right? Or or doing more on the dumbbell mm-hmm. bicep curl over time, doing more volume on that. Cause like you if you're able to do that, your bicep's probably gonna get bigger and it's probably gonna feel great. Yeah, and I'm guessing that's probably why uh some of the like the um some bodybuilders that we've had on this show have said like they'll switch to like powerlifting when in their off season, right? It's just to kind of go for a different goal. And I'm like, Oh, that's what you guys were doing this whole time. Yeah. I thought you yeah, were trying to they, get strong, but no. <laughs> yeah. Now they have a goal to handle more weight in like a deadlift or something. And then mm-hmm. by handling more weight in the deadlift, you can uh, observe that most likely they'll be able to do more weight with a bent over row. Uh, by being able to bench press more, maybe they'll be able to hit their shoulders a little harder, you know, by doing some of these movements, um, by squatting more weight, maybe the leg press becomes a little easier, or maybe they just conditioned their legs to handle more work, uh, in a condensed, uh, time period. You know, I think, um, it was a couple years back we had John Cena, uh, in the gym and he was, uh, working on some deadlifts and he ended up getting a PR, which happens a lot at super training gym. Hmm. Uh, I gave him a little bit of advice on something I was seeing from his deadlift and, and that helped quite a bit. Obviously he knows how to deadlift, but, um, you know, kind of work in working together, he ended up hitting a nice PR for the day. I think he deadlifted like six seventy five for the day and he's a beast. And this is a guy that's traveling, you know, traveling the country, mm-hmm. traveling the world really with WWE at the time on the road for 280 or 290 days out of the year or something wild. And he's still able to hit these big weights in the gym. I just remember seeing him do that and he was like, he was pretty pumped. I mean, he didn't like, you know, run around the gym and like go crazy and celebrate, but he was really happy about it. He was really excited um, about getting that PR. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, why the fuck can't I be happy like that? Like with just hitting a PR in the gym, Mm -hmm. like I would never be that pumped about a PR in the gym because I was like, it's just a gym PR because at that time I was still competing and I was just like, no, the gym thing doesn't, doesn't mean anything. But when I saw that, I was like, no, I should celebrate like, you know, I have to like have a, throw a party, <laughs> but I should celebrate. I should be excited when I have a PR and I should be pumped about it. There doesn't have to be a competition for it. Yeah. Um, we've talked yesterday a lot about like being even keel. You know, what about ha- just having a similar amount of excitement for whether you hit a PR in the gym or whether you did it in competition? Let's not make too big of a deal about the competition. I mean, unless you won like a world championship or something. Mm-hmm. that. That's pretty cool. Um, But other than that, you know, try to stay as even as you can so that um, you don't experience these these crazy highs and lows. Because after a lot of competitions for powerlifters, for bodybuilders, we have post-competition. Well, for everybody, I guess, for all competitions, 
kind of have post-competition blues. Yeah. You know, you feel like weird. You feel funky. And then you go back to the gym the next day or a day or two later and people are like, what are you doing next, man? And you're like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not really sh- Are you going to compete again? And you're like, I don't know. Because it, it was treacherous, right? You put yourself through so much. Yeah. You put so much on that day. You told everybody about that day. Maybe even some people came to support you on that day. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing, right? It's a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put so much on it, but why not take a lot of pride and be excited about some of the PRs you hit in the gym? Mm. The other thing that I saw John Cena do, and this probably extends out to some CrossFitters and maybe even some bodybuilders, um, but it's kind of cool when you have a lot of different things to get PRs on. I guess Westside Barbell Program is that way as well. But John does clean and jerks. He does snatches. He does overhead pressing. He does all kinds of stuff. So that gives you an opportunity <clears throat> to excel and to kind of compete with your, against yourself often with a lot of different movements and gives you a lot of different options in case you get hurt. Mm-hmm. I remember a while back, he, he uh, probably two, three years ago, he tore his pec. Well, with a torn pec, you're not going to be able to make advancements on your bench press. But maybe that's a time where once the pec heals up a little bit, maybe that's a time where he can work on his uh, mobility so he can be better at his cleans and his snatches. He loves to do Olympic lifting. Yeah. The same thing with some CrossFitters. I mean, they have so many options with the different lifts they could do. If something's banged up, something's injured, something's just not feeling right, something's just not going well, their deadlifts aren't going well, and maybe they can practice their overhead squats or... Mm-hmm. Rope climb, how different is a rope climb from doing a deadlift? How different is a rope climb from doing a bench press? I mean, they're not, they're very, very different. You know, the guy that benches 700 pounds is going to have, you know, the odds of him being able to rope climb at all are probably zero, right? Mm -hmm. And so when you have a, a nice wide array of things that you can go and do, now you can go and still feel really good about what you do. You can, we talked a little bit yesterday about being like proud of yourself. You could have this injury that sucks, that's really, you know, pulling at you and making you kind of feel uh, sad, depressed that you can't do certain things, but you can still do a lot of these other things and you can go in there and feel good about it. You, um, we, well, sorry, we had uh, Chris Duffin on uh, Mark Bell's Super Friend series on markbell.com. Um, if you guys missed out, you missed a really good one. But in the intro, you had said that, you know, he's squatted a uh, thousand pounds for a double in the gym. Mm-hmm. And you were Ooh. like, that's really freaking hard because it's not a competition. It's not anything where, you know, you, like you just said, you have all these people that are there surrounding you. It's just in the gym. And when I, when you said that, I'm like, wait, no, I thought in the gym was supposed to be easier. But what you were saying, it was like, no, it's actually way harder. Right. Like, can you explain what you meant? Yeah, I think so. So just, just kind of what we're talking about here today, like Mm -hmm. that alignment to the competition, um, Chris kind of treated it like a competition because he had a film crew there and he had, he had some friends there to support him and he would go on podcasts and stuff and talk about this day. And so he made it like an event. And so it it kind of ended up being, you know, a little bit like a competition, just minus the officials, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. But it's hard to have everything in alignment. It's hard to pretend that anything's a competition unless it's actually a competition. Um, You know, because I don't know, just it just uh, it's hard. It's hard to like fake. It's hard to mimic. You know, you could say, oh, we're going to, you know, set this up this way. And if it's not really an actual competition, then in my opinion, it'll be a little harder. There are the nerves of competing. Uh, but not when you're Chris Duffin and you've competed as many times as he has. Like, he's he's over it. <laughs> you know? Absolutely. Andrew, 
Do you hear that? What, what, what is that? You hear that? You hear that beat? What? That sounds nice. That's the sound of free Element electrolytes. Oh my god! Those are eight electrolyte packets that Element is so graciously sending all of you guys for free. But there's going to be some weird hoops, some stipulations. You gotta like... pay fifty bucks. Fifty? No, dude. Okay, no, no. It's five. Okay, I was like, damn. Yeah. No, you literally <laughs> just have to pay five dollars for Element to send you eight different packets of their awesome electrolytes that you hear Mark talk about, I talk about, you talk about. Mm-hmm. These are so good for if you're dieting, if you're not, if you're trying to focus on performance. They're just so amazing, and they're going to send you eight of them for five bucks. Yeah, and what I actually like, I love about this whole recharge pack is, you know me, I love orange salt. That's my favorite flavor. They have tons of other great flavors, and now here's this opportunity to try all of them. You know, so why why would give me one reason why you wouldn't jump on this right now? Exactly. You guys need to go to drinklmnt.com/powerproject. You can claim your free free Element Recharge Pack right now. Just pay the five dollars shipping and get to sample all of their flavors. Guys, we wouldn't steer you the wrong way. We love this stuff. We've been talking about them since before they teamed up with us. They're, they're homies now, and just seriously, drinklmnt.com slash powerproject. Again, absolutely free. Just pay for the $5 shipping, and it's yours. Go there right now. Now. I think uh, the, the big aspect of all of this is uh, just finding, being, being okay enough to find a weakness and really work on it. Because when, when we were talking, we were mentioning like, okay, yeah, you got to learn how to enjoy that, enjoy your training, right? Most people, they really enjoy training when we're do- they're doing something that they're really good at. So, you know, oh, I'm great at deadlifting, so I can't wait for deadlift day. Or like, oh, well, you know, my arms are pretty nice, so I can't wait to train arms on arm day. But when it comes to, uh, you know, leg day, I hate training my quads, right? Because you have weakness mm-hmm. in your quads. So you don't really look forward to it that much. But, you know, if you really want to get better, that should be the day you look most forward to. You should look for certain things that you're really weak at. Maybe you suck with lunges. Maybe your your squat's not that great. So maybe you're doing a bunch of stuff for that and 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 having goals for you know your your Bulgarian split squats, goals for your lunges, goals for your your front squat. Maybe you have those goals so that you can actually improve at that because they're your weaknesses, and that that'll allow you and that'll give you. First off, you have a lot of room to grow there because it's a weakness, Um, but it's just like this consistent goal of something that you're continually getting better at. So I think that's a huge aspect of it. Like um, during quarantine, I found that my shoulders were kind of, you know, with with like jujitsu, like I had some like shoulder weakness. So I was like, okay, a lot of the the kettlebell work I did Mm -hmm. really helped with my shoulder stability. And that was one reason why shoulders I, look really weak, bro. Well, shoulder stability. I'll <laughs> say shoulder stability. Um, I felt and that there looks needed. like he's permanently wearing football pads underneath yeah. all his shirts all the time. I needed a lot of work. there. Cap shoulders, bro. <laughs> but the kettlebell work helped. Like it helped the the stability in my shoulders, which translated onto the mat. Right. So doing that and it was outside of powerlifting and bodybuilding. But that kettlebell work helped with my my exercise on the mat. Oh, and then once you make a little bit of progress, it's encouraging. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, that yep. was that was a little bit better, you know. And if you get a pat on the back from somebody else who says, "Hey, your shoulders look great," or you you make progress in those ways too, uh, that helps a lot too. Especially with when it comes to nutrition, when it comes to diet, you lose ten pounds, and as soon as somebody recognizes it, that's when it's like, all right, everybody look out because this person's probably going to go on a tear and make some great progress because now they got some momentum. And they feel just, they feel amazing about what it is that they're doing. What you just said right there, I think, you know, exposing, you know, where you're weak 
um, and then working on the weakness, it, it's a tough thing because you're not great at that. So you like, don't want to do it, but there's going to be, there's going to be times in your, in your fitness, there's going to be times in your life where you're going to have a break from the main thing that you're great at, or the main thing that you're great at just kind of wears itself out, or you've reached, um, uh, you reached a point where you're limited by your weakness. You know, your mm -hmm. weakness is like in the way could be flexibility and you could be trying to be a great bodybuilder. Like it actually takes more flexibility than you might think to do some of those poses and to do some of the stuff that they do. And also to have a good routine and to show off uh, your muscle mass the way that you want to, you could have this glaring weakness. Why not? You know, if you have uh, some sort of setback, you're just not where you want to be, whatever it might be, that could be the opportunity. It can be a great opportunity to look at it a little bit differently and say, you know what? I, I have so much other stuff to work on. I know I love training my biceps, <clears throat> but I need to work more on my waistline or whatever it is. And you, you work on that. You hone in on that. It's a difficult thing to do because you're like, you don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. It's something that you're not good at. But once you start to do it, once you start to make just a little bit of progress, which might take a couple of weeks, um, but it'll probably happen pretty quickly. Once you start to make a little bit of progress, you're really kind of on your way from mm -hmm. there. Yeah. You literally took, well, not the exact same words out of my mouth, but that's what I was going to say. You know, like everybody knows I've had these, these back issues and stuff, but it, it is a daunting thing to look at and just be like, man, like I have so much to do and who's going to be excited to like stretch or do, you know, uh, Stuart McGill's big three every day. Mm. Like it's, it's not fun, mm. but I'm experiencing a tiny bit less back pain. You know, I was, I was, I mean, I talked to you guys about like how to sneeze, like how I was like fired up because I learned how to sneeze. And it's like, okay. Can you tell the people real quick? Uh, it's just, yeah, real quick. So just, um, in, in the book, he explains instead of like sneezing down, especially if you have low back pain, um, you know, you're, you're, you're sneezing down and you're causing more compression down on your, your back and um, you're using your body to absorb that. Like some, sometimes I sneeze and I'm like, I think that's the last one. Like, you know, like that's <laughs> it. Like I'm broken. Right. So some of these sneezes can be very vicious. Yeah. So instead of absorbing all that to sneeze like upwards, like you're kind of shooting it out of your body almost. Now that can be problematic if you have like bad allergies. Yeah, if you have bad allergies and you know you're you're shooting stuff everywhere. Yeah, but little things like that where I'm like, oh, like all right, let's let's keep going, you know. But it, it, it exactly, Mark. Like it's freaking hard to get going though. Like to mm -hmm. to be excited about those small little goals. And just real quick, I love that we're preaching to the choir because like everybody in the chat room right now is just like, no, yeah, like I. I stay on my training in the off season or I do mm -hmm. this and that. So like everyone here is like already well on their way, but like, you know, I'm sure some of you know somebody who may or may not be. So maybe that's something you can, you know, share, or this is a podcast that you guys can share with them or just kind of cement your thoughts already. You know, like I just, I'm just pumped because I'm seeing everybody talking about their, their off season strategies. And it's like lining up with everything you guys are talking about. I think it's a good idea to just um, like I have a lot of people that will ask me questions about, uh, you know, what what can I do if I got sick? What can I do if I got hurt? And I always just tell them focus on I usually say five things, but three things is usually kind of more than enough. You know, five things is kind of kind of a lot of work. But if you were to th if you, if somebody came to me and said, oh, man, I, you know, I tweaked my knee. I still want to do this. Uh, you know, I still want to compete or whatever. And they decide they're not going to compete or whatever the situation is, I would say. 
Um, well, let's just focus on what you can do and what you uh, what you're not able to do at the moment. Let's just forget about it. Like, there's no reason to even talk about it. No reason to even think about it. Let's get you heading in a, in a good direction. Okay, you can't squat because your knee is bothering you. Can you do a leg press? Can you do a belt squat? Like, what what items do you have in your gym? Um, what are some things that you can do? Like sometimes people can deadlift even when they have a hurt knee. Mm. So, Hey, let's, let's shift. You've been working on your squat really hard and that's great. Well, let's maybe work on some deadlifts for a while, or maybe you can do stiff leg deadlifts. Maybe you can focus in on the hamstrings rather than focusing in on the quads. I want people to really work hard on like, you know, troubleshooting, you know, what, what is, Never mind competition, like you don't really need competition to point out your flaws, you know, to, to, to know like where you're weak. You know, if you wanted to just in a really, really simple terms, just take like three things that would work you towards your goal. And it doesn't matter if there's a competition or not, but like even if even if there's a competition for bodybuilding, let's say, I'm sure you want to be leaner anyway. Just in general, you would, you can probably afford to be a little leaner. Almost everybody. There's a few exceptions, right? Mm-hmm. Um, everybody probably wants to be a little stronger. So let's say that you want to be, let's say you want to be in better shape. Let's say that you're pretty heavy and you don't have any thoughts of even competing in bodybuilding necessarily, but you just want to be in better shape. What are three things that you can do that are, that are, that are going to be things that you will do, you know? And I, I just wrote down a couple really easy things, but. There could be, you could expand on this list. You could add some variation to the list. And, but usually two or three things is enough. If, if you wanted to lose weight, fast. <laughs> Utilize some intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be a lot. You can start out with 12 hours a day for a while and see how that works. You can shift into doing 16 hours every other day. That should be sufficient. That should be enough. If you wanted to do more, you could but I don't think you need any more to make a lot of progress. Next thing is eat protein. Eat protein that's the size of your hand or at least the size of, the size of your hand or the size of your fist in every meal. And if you're still hungry, <laughs> eat more protein that's the size of your other hand as well. <laughs> Double up on it if you need to. Try to have lean sources of protein. And the third thing is have a protein shake every day. And if we want to throw in number four, go on a walk. Aside from that, you can kind of eat whatever you want, but within reason, you know, you can't eat like an asshole. You can't just eat whatever you can't like, just go and, but you can have a normal diet. You can mm-hmm. eat fruit. You can eat carbs. You can eat rice. You can eat potatoes. You can have a burrito. You can do all those things. If you're able to actually do some of these rules here, if you're able to actually eat the protein that you're supposed to eat. If you're able to actually fast, I think a lot of times we have a tendency to focus in on like all the roadblocks. And I think the difference is when you have a competition, you cut out all the road, you cut out a lot of those roadblocks because mm-hmm. you're like, I don't really care. <laughs> you're like, I don't really care what I sacrifice at the moment because it's only for a moment. It's only for a short period of time. I don't mind if my work suffers a little bit. I don't mind if my relationship suffers a little bit. I, you know, I want to go after this with everything I got. And you just know that it's for a condensed period of time. So you're like, I'm good. And I'll tell other people around me, I'm going to be a dick for a little while. <laughs> I'm going to be selfish and self-centered, but I'm going after this goal. Yeah. Um, to kind of, to kind of add on to that, I'm going to go on one thing that you mentioned, cause you mentioned a lot of people ask you questions. And I think for some people that can be a very strong thing because for example, a bodybuilder or a figure athlete, 
they might be like, oh, I'm trying to make improvements, but I really don't know where. So maybe, you know, somebody who's a judge and they can say, Hey, okay, you need to work on your shoulders this off season. You need to work on your butt this off season. Like those need to be your focuses. Now, you know, the weaknesses that you need to focus on because as an individual, it might be really hard to see your weaknesses. Yeah. Um, I know that myself, like I, there's this guy I roll with at jujitsu. He's a black belt. His name is John. We always have great roles. Right. Um, so the other day, I think it was a few weeks ago. I'm like, dude, okay. I want to know from your perspective, me rolling with you and you seeing me roll. What is a big aspect of my game that you think I should work on that you think I should really try to get better at? You told me pressure passing. So for the past months, I've been watching a bunch of videos on pressure passing and every single role. I try to just work on my pressure passing and it's been, it's literally been the thing that has improved all my roles these, these past few months. That's where you basically hurt the fuck out of people with your knees and elbows and stuff and make them squirm so you can get in better position kind of. Yeah. So when you're pa- right, exactly. So when you're passing, when you're passing somebody's guard, I hated that part. Of the <laughs> I hated that part. just cause yeah. like the guy, the, so I, before I ever actually did jujitsu, like, uh, on a, um, before I was ever taught by like a real instructor, mm-hmm. I used to just roll with this guy before I had wrestling practice and he yeah. would just kill me all the time. <laughs> and he trained with like Mark Coleman or something. And the guy looked like Mark Coleman. Like this guy oh, was geez. jacked as fuck and he would just kill me. Yeah. But he would do shit like that to me where I'm like, you know, I can't, I, I just never dealt with anything like that. He's got his knee like in my like ribs. I'm like, whoa, you know, and then he, boom, he kept catch me in like whatever he wanted. Yeah. Any sort of strength that I had was rendered completely useless. Cassio is amazing at that. He's like 175, 180 pounds. But like when he's passing, he he does the thing that. OK, so the thing that I was doing, you said like, he feels really strong. He feels heavy. Yeah. He heavy. feels like 200 and something pounds. And it's because like when I was passing people's guards, I'm fast. So I could do things very quickly and get mm. past their, bar- their guard really quick. But John was like, well, when you're rolling with me, I can slow you down. And when you pass, you can't use that. So you need to use your weight and just put all your pressure mm-hmm. on me and slowly could help you conserve energy could help me. Right. It'll help me conserve energy, but it'll also help weigh down my opponent. Cause when Cassio's passing, he just feels like this slow rock that's right. slowly coming up your body <laughs> and you can't do anything about it. Right. So that's helped me massively. And I remember also um, when I was really trying to improve, like on my bench, my deadlift here, I'd ask you Mar- mm-hmm. questions. I've had, I'd ask Marcus questions mm-hmm. and like, you guys would be like, you should do this. You should do this. And those, then I, I didn't know. Right. But you guys told that to me. I'm like, huh? Okay. Yeah. I should focus on that. And once I did focus on that, boom, started making progression. So if you have people in your life that like, you can ask those questions to and on the outside looking in, that can give you some advice, ask them what you can do. Right. Cause that could be the thing. They're going to be able to give you answers and, and they might not know the exact answer, but you can work on that thing and you can see how it works for yourself. You know, the guy that we have coming in today is the king of that Kelly yeah. Sturette. He says like test retest, you know, you try a stretch and then do a movement. Does it feel like anything improved? If it doesn't feel like anything improved, maybe you have to still work on opening up or releasing that muscle. You know, you're working on your hip flexor. You do a stretch for it for two minutes. You do the other side for two minutes. Then you go to move into a lunge and you're like, ah, it's still like something's pulling there. You could have an injury that maybe just won't go away, but, he he wants you to kind of test and retest. And I think testing your, your strength and testing uh, where you're at, I think is also good. There's just so many different ways of doing this to get excited about your training that you don't necessarily always have to have a competition there. And one of the reasons why we brought this topic up today is because we see a lot of people compete in figure competitions and bodybuilding competitions. 
and powerlifting and jujitsu and they reach this heightened state and you're like, man, that is so cool. That is awesome. Shit, man, that's crazy. You ran, you know, you ran a marathon. Um, but where are they in two years or three years or four years? That's really the concern. You know, it's immediately afterwards, after a bodybuilding show, you're going to gain a bunch of weight. I mean, it's just, it's inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. But maybe just instead of like getting fat, maybe that's a purposeful like bulk, you know, maybe it's an intentional thing. And I would say that anyone that's going to compete in bodybuilding or figure or any of that kind of stuff, I would say, come up with a plan <laughs> because if you just go and eat whatever after the show, you're going to, you're going to really, you're going to really blow up. And just like Nsema said, talk to someone who's done it before, you know, why not get advice from somebody that's competed before they're going to know they're going to be able to give you uh, some great advice, but have an intent, have a purpose into whatever it is you're going to do next. And the competition thing, you know, having an actual meet or something like that is great. And I encourage everyone to do it anytime they have a chance to do it. But um, I'd also say just having an an intent to your training. Like, what are you trying to do? Um, Sometimes what you're trying to do doesn't even have much to do with the end result that you're trying to get. Uh, Somebody could say, I'm I'm really working on my pull-ups a lot. And you could say, okay, what's the reason you're working on your pull-ups? You want to be really good at pull-ups? Or do you want to have a big back? Because not everyone that has a big back can do a lot of pull-ups. Mm-hmm. So it, it you know, it, the, the working on pull-ups can definitely help. It can definitely assist. It's a great movement. Um, but if you're thinking that's the only way that you're going to get a big back, you might be making a mistake. And you could be maybe focusing in on some other movements as well as you work on getting better at those pull-ups. Because directly to that statement right there, though, if you have a big back and you can do a lot of pull-ups, oh, fuck. Yeah, right. That's a a double whammy. Yeah, well, now you can add weight to it. Now you just have, you have more options. You're always, Mm -hmm. you're always better off, um, always better off with more options than you are with less options. Absolutely. You get somebody that can do like four or five exercises um, and uh, they start to lose a lot of their movement and stuff like that. You're going to start to see somebody that's probably not conditioned really well, that has a hard time doing a lot of other movements. They might look big, um, but they're probably not moving well. And they're probably, it's probably not anyone you aspire to really be, Mm -hmm. you know, like we probably aspire to be somebody that's jacked, that could at least move halfway decent, that is still, you know, capable of tying their own shoes and stuff like that. Yeah. (laughs) And, oh, no, I was just going to say, does this guy look standing up? Does this guy look like he has shoulder issues? You took that picture. That's one of my favorite pictures. It's be dude, like it's because of the angle. Yeah. That's that's pure <laughs> angle. Um, <laughs> that's awesome. So, so fucking freaky right there. But what I was going to say was like all the things that we're mentioning right now in terms of like, you know, getting these goals outside of competition um, before the podcast, you're mentioning like when you get older, and you're not competing. Some some things have like masters competitions mm-hmm. and whatever. But like when that's like not the real focus anymore, trying to compete at that high level, right. um, this is going to prepare you to just be able to enjoy all these different aspects of training. Because the funny thing is like you'll see like retired basketball players, retired football players or just retired athletes in general. When they're done with competing and they've done all that in terms of competing, a lot of them just get kind of fat. Mm. Like a lot of them get really out of shape and they're, they don't look like they're doing too well because it's like they, they maybe they didn't do all of that um, when they were training when they were younger. Maybe they didn't have these skills to just 
you know, get better at all these little things. And they, they didn't enjoy it that much. I feel like if you're able to do that, um, when you get older, you're still going to be able to be in great shape because now the focus isn't always competition. The focus is just what little thing can I maybe get better now? Like, like the guy you're mentioning, that's 50 years old mm-hmm. or, or yeah. Like yeah, if you want to talk about 50, him, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I just think like, as you get older, you know, start getting into your forties, fifties and even sixties and, and even later, the main thing is just not to regress, you know, just not to go backwards. And there's, there's, um, a lot of the steps that a lot of people that listen to the show are already taking are all things that are going to really help with that. So even if you are a person that is on the heavier side, if you're starting to take some of these actions and you're starting to lift and you're starting to walk and you're starting to pay more attention to your nutrition, yeah, maybe you're not, uh, maybe you're not losing 60 pounds like you wanted to, but what if you kind of stay about similar and then over a period of time, you, you know, you lose a little bit of weight over the course of several years. Um, you're going to look a lot better than a lot of the other 40 and 50 and 60 year old people that are around because most of those people don't take care of themselves at all. And not only do they not take care of themselves, they do a lot of things that are negative to mm-hmm. their body and they might not have hit them yet. Cause they might be 30, they might be 35, but when they're 55, <laughs> it's going to show up. You're going to start to really see that. And you're going to be like, Oh shit. Like how old is that guy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to start to uh, start to fall apart. So, you know, staying, you know, staying uh, connected um, to your fitness is huge. My wife goes swimming every morning and the crew that she goes swimming with, I would say probably, I guess I'd have to really ask her, but at least from what I know, I think maybe only like 20% of those people compete. Mm. They all swim every morning. You know, they swim at like 6 a.m. They're jumping in the water. It's fucking freezing outside. Yeah, <laughs> it's 36 degrees outside, you know. And they're going outside, but I mean, they do, the, the water is not cold, you know, obviously the water is, it's, it's heated or whatever, yeah. but, um, anyway, these are people that are getting after it every single day. And there's people that are 70, there's people that are 80. Um, and there's people that show up even at an earlier time than that. So just a really small percentage of those people compete. Uh, but there they are getting in their swimsuit, getting their swim cap on, having the dedication to get wet first thing in the morning, like fucking go dive in a pool. Like it's, it sounds, uh. Sounds like insanity, especially like to go drive to it and then to get out of your car and, and to be in the cold and then get in the water. Like it sounds rough. And then walking out of the water afterwards yeah, in that know. cold. Nope. That's what I'm thinking. Oh, Me too. I'm like, ah. hey, the, the water's going to splash and like the concrete's not like <laughs> yeah. heated, right? Like, I mean, I guess some places can be, but. Yeah, you're going to be cold as fuck, fuck doing that. that. Oh, man. But those like, people don't have any trouble. Um you know, doing what they love to do every day. And it's actually kind of rare for hardly, well, I guess maybe a small subset. Yeah. Only a small subset of those people even like make a lot of progress, but they're happy to do what they've been doing for a long time. And it sounds, it it might sound ridiculous to do that, but I would, I would speculate that you can do the same amount of weight on a lap pull down and the same amount of weight on a um, dumbbell bench press and the same amount of weight in a squat and still look better and become stronger by using the same exact weight for like 20 years. I know yes. it sounds, I know it sounds weird, mm-hmm. but you'll get better at moving those weights. You'll get better at controlling those weights. So here we are, like we're in this dog fight every day. Like you got to get better. You know, I need to, I need to handle the 150 pound dumbbells. It's like, well, you don't really need to handle the 150 pound dumbbells. What if you handled the 80 pound dumbbells the right way? That would be, <laughs> that, might be a, that yeah. might be a good start, you know, um, you know, lower them for four seconds, get a little pause in there. And every time you, 
you go to press, you actually are contracting your chest. I mean, it just depends on the goals. Mm -hmm. If the goals are to get stronger, yes, we might need to push the envelope with a little bit heavier weight. If the goal is to look better, we probably don't really need to mess around with that too much. Although it would, uh, it would be wise to do that occasionally because getting stronger can help lead to hypertrophy and can help lead to bigger muscles because you'll be able to handle more weight over a period of time. But on the lat pull down that we have out there, I've been just doing 130 or 140 pounds for 10 years, probably, you know, Mm -hmm. and I actually, the other day I I reduced it down to like 80 and I just went super slow and was contracting it and my lats were fried. My lats are still sore from the other day. So I just, I think it's deceiving. You think that you always need more and you don't always need more. You just sometimes need to do it better. That's the funny thing. Cause like, yeah, when you pay it, like when you pay attention to a lot of like bodybuilders who've been doing it for a long time, like here we go again, Michael O'Hearn. <laughs> we look at some of the, the loads that he uses on some of these movements. When you actually, if you train with them or if you see him train, you're like, Oh, that's not too heavy. But when you look at the way he's moving it, when you look at the the tempo, when you look at all these little no facial expression, no all. facial expression, no noise, all these weird pauses, like there are a lot of different ways to improve at these things and to get much better at them without stacking on or adding forty pounds, right? And that's a way to get better at it for a long amount of time and to to enjoy different levels of difficulty. I think out like it's Kai great. Green trains pretty light. I mean, relative to how big he is. I mean, mm-hmm. I know he, I know he can handle a ton of weight, but. He's using like 30 pound dumbbells on curls and stuff like that. And you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Again, it's like, it's great to, to be an athlete that, that competes and you should like, if you're doing that, you should have that focus on competition. But, um, when, when you get older outside of that, you gotta figure out ways to continue to increase your love for the sport or Mm -hmm. the love for the training, because that's the thing that you're going to have until you're old and grizzled. Old and frizzled, exactly. When you when you're seventy years old, ideally, hopefully, you're still going to enjoy going into the gym and hitting up squatting session. Squatting two twenty five at seventy mm-hmm. is impressive as hell, right? You want to be that person that's able to do that. I know I want to be able to squat like three fifteen at seventy. Yeah, that'd be like sick. for a rep, that'd be awesome. That's something I said. I think when I was like eighteen, I yeah. was like, I want to still be able to move some of these weights around when I'm like seventy. You know, mm-hmm. and here we are. I'm seventy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in regards to like what you're saying about Michael Hearn, you, if we had like Gold's Gym footage, is his last from, name O'Tren or O'Hearn? Uh, oh, O'Trembolol. O'Tren, oh, yeah. Tre- <laughs> wow. Speaking of things that you can't pronounce correctly, <laughs> like, Trembolol. I, I was like, hey. Uh, but if we went back like 20, 30 years ago, he was doing that also. He was still extremely you know, strong. Exactly, right? So, yeah, that consistency yeah, and love in the process. Yeah, well, he's probably still lifting like similar weights, mm-hmm. you know, to my point earlier. And then. Yeah. The, the different weights that different people are able to do, um, I don't know how re- relative they are. I mean, Mike is big, but again, like looking at some other athletes, like they don't handle the same amount of weight and they can get just as big and sometimes even bigger. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of this stuff is, um, it's just stuff that we think, like even when it comes to protein, I love talking about protein because I do think it can help drive down your hunger. And I say that you need X, but you don't need that amount of protein. You don't really need that amount of protein. Um, It's just, you have to eat something. (laughs) And uh, I would guess that you can probably get away with eating uh, half your body weight in grams of protein and be totally supplied with the amino acids that your body needs. Mm -hmm. Um, When I'm in in downtown Davis every morning, I see a lot of homeless people. I actually talk to them quite a bit and 
buy them cups of coffee and stuff like that here and there. But when I, when I see them, like they're not atrophying, they're not any smaller. And I'm sure that it's hard for them to get their protein requirements. They're not eating like chicken breast a couple times a day. They don't have whey protein shakes sitting around. So, um, a lot of these things that we think are really true, like we need these massive amounts of weight to be big. We need these massive amounts of protein to uh, be able to hold on to any muscle mass. We're going to lo- we're going to lose it all. Like if we fast or mm-hmm. if we, you know, and, and you've done like one meal a day type things for a while. And I've never saw you come in here looking frail or yeah. <laughs> being like, oh, shit, man, you better up your protein, bro. Like, I don't think you're getting re- your requirements. <laughs> Again, one of the reasons we recommend it is because you have to eat something and it can help manage your hunger. It can also help manage the overall amount of food that you eat in a day. But for the most part, we all just eat way too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and when I say all, I would include myself in that bunch. Yes, absolutely. No, it, it's that's one of the big things. It makes a very, very big difference. If more people uh, could just build the habit of just getting more protein in each day, being fit would be so much easier. It would be so much easier. Yeah, I I have to film it, but... For the uh, the newsletter, the Power Project newsletter, I'm actually going to film uh, just multiple ways that I sneak more protein in my diet every day. Oh, just small little things, nothing crazy. Did the bumhole? No, not like not like S- like into the body. In. Oh, oh, no, okay. like literally like in my foods, ah. like adding more protein to that said yeah. food. I thought you were talking about like a protein enema or something. That's what I was yeah. thinking because it works shooting really it, well shooting it right in the ass. Yeah, that I used to, I used to, to do work, that. Like right? especially when I was trying to get in 400 grams a day, like. I couldn't always eat it all. So Sit just, on it. Yeah. <laughs> just, oh. just get it in there. Slide it in. Yeah. Maybe that's why BCAAs don't really work very well because we're not putting it in the right side. Mm. Like it's got to get into the bloodstream. It's, How do you uh, think I got so big? Reverse steroid. peristalsis. Reverse what? Peristalsis. Peristalsis. Peristalsis is the process from like I think the time the food hits your like mouth to the time that. It goes through the whole digestive system. <laughs> so this would be, you know, going through the butt would Got be it. the reverse. We're going to have it go through the butt and come out the mouth. Knocking yep. on the back door. <laughs> How do we always get here? I think I did it. Today. Yeah, this was your fault. Nah, this one was me. This one was my fault. <laughs> Next show, we'll talk about how you can shave your butt crack safely. <laughs> I've never done that. Uh, it, well, it seems like it could be dangerous. Have you done it? Uh, right. Not you you have? I have. Ah, what what process but, do you But use? no, not like with a not like with a razor razor. razor. Oh, like with a Just like a little trimmer. Oh, you know, like just manscape yeah. type thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I would I haven't been brave enough to get a razor in there. Ah, uh-uh. hell no. I don't no. even really know if I could get a razor in these yeah. cheeks either. <laughs> That's true. You'd have to have like a uh, extended like arm mm-hmm. to get in there. That's risky. I had a college friend, Chris, who, who told me how he... Uh, Why you gotta use his name? <laughs> he doesn't... No one knows his last name. Paul, check it. Um, <laughs> that's great. He told me about... He shaved his ass with the, like, uh, the razor, and he was telling me just how much it stung. Oh, he was like, bro, pooping is the worst oh, right now. Oh, <laughs> no. Yeah, I was so... Yeah. That, that was so funny. That one story is the one thing that's like... Maybe been, we will have a show on this. It sounds yeah. like... <laughs> bigger uh, issue than we think yeah. Right? yeah that's been the thing that stopped me from wanting to ever do that that's why i've never done it before <laughs> like he had problems shitting i'm not doing that yeah i'm not gonna do maybe that. that'll be our next poll like on, on the pot on the uh like have you ever shaved your taint yeah, yeah that's Bumble. one that men and women can can mm-hmm. chime in on the one we have up today right now mm-hmm. i just hopefully you guys find it as comical as i do but uh it just says can we make the results even at 25 percent each and just one two three four 
Ah, yes. I see. Okay. So right now, one is 21%, 19%, 21%. And then like, you know, people just want to see the world burn votes yeah. number four. So see? four is 38%. God dang it. Let's even this shit out. Why can't you Please. guys just cooperate? You could do a poll, uh, one plus one equals two, yes or no. Just see what happens. You're gonna get a <laughs> yeah. How do you know the results of that? Yeah, I've seen. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like Lex Feynman or Fried, Fried, Friedman. Yeah, Friedman. Lex Friedman has put that up before, and it's like I don't know why. I don't know. I don't know what the, his thing is. I never like looked into like why it's a thing, but yeah, I don't he just know. got all these crazy responses. Yeah, it's like one plus one equals two, and people are like <sighs> like losing their minds. What the fuck? But you know, people since are silly. since Lex's podcast is like this math podcast, you probably have a lot of like oh yeah theorists oh, yeah. who are like. Fuck it's off. not two because yeah yeah right right oh fuck that <laughs> it gets to be crazy i love his podcast by the way yeah anybody that wants to get down and and listen to some intellectual ass shit needs to go over there and check it out it, yeah blow your mind it's a lot to think about you're like you can only listen to a couple minutes of it at a time because it keeps like blowing your head off your shoulders <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say. Like I need a break. Like, yeah, maybe you need like someone else. Like, go from here to like Joe Rogan to maybe that one. Because if you go straight from here, you might like. <laughs> you yeah, might this is like watching SpongeBob. We try to keep it as mindless as yeah. possible over here, and proud of it. <laughs> oh man, what was the name of that one guy? Um, who he's 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 got like the. Oh, he has a mustache. No, he's got the, the oh, he's got like bar? little moles and stuff. But oh, oh. he's been on Rogan and Lex's podcast. Mm. He he's really cool. He has a lot of cool stuff. But um, I have no I idea his name. Not even ha. Close. Damn it, we're not. Good. I forgot. Okay. We're not good. With I'm names. terrible with names. I've said it before on the podcast. Like you know, people talk about like, oh, I had like first and last name in this class. You know, with this teacher. You know, like this period. I'm like. Oof. I, I just know I went to school at one point in my life. I can't remember specifics. What like episode that. are we on, by the way? 480. Oh. Yeah, 480. Why didn't we do something special for 469? Because I didn't think of it. Because he's not for it. We should yeah. do something special every 69th episode of every 100. So like 569, 669, yeah. 769. I forgot Daryl Davis's name yesterday. I felt so ashamed about that. It I love Daryl Davis. He's awesome. He's he a good dude great. to talk to. Awesome uh, musician as well. Oh yeah, hmm. he he's, a, he's a he's a badass. I was at my uh, sister in law's house uh, maybe like a week ago, and um, we're at like the dinner table, and my nephew he goes to Jake. He goes, he goes, Jake. He's like, what's sixty nine mean? <laughs> he's like, he's like, I keep hearing it. He's like, what does it mean? What does it mean? And Jake just kind of like looks at him. Jake goes, go ask your dad. <laughs> And then uh, Lachlan, it was Lachlan that asked the question. He just like looked at Jake and he's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I thought it was a great response from Jake, though. I was like, that's mm -hmm. that's hilarious. You know, but he, obviously he would his dad would be like, what? Bro, what the hell are you talking about? Someone did that to me in the seventh grade. And I feel like I was such a dumb seventh grader because I did go ask the geometry teacher. Miss McConaughey, I think was her name. Um, but I didn't know what a cunt was. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I was you like, don't know, you don't know. I didn't even know it was know. a bad word. Yeah. Right? I didn't even know it was a bad word. Um and I asked I asked Could be a good word. I asked his student. <laughs> Depends on how you look at it. Yeah, it, yes, exactly. And um he was like, Oh dude, 
I think uh, I think Miss McConaughey knows. She was talking about that the other day. I was like, really? Oh, I was like, all right. Oh. <laughs> all right, let me go ask. I was like, Miss McConaughey, what's a cunt? And she's like, oh, insane. <laughs> and I, I got in trouble for that. I was like, what? Like what? And then I found out what it was. I was like, shit, I didn't know. <laughs> I don't think we had like I don't I didn't have like internet access that great at that time, so I couldn't nope. just type it into Google. That's so awesome. It was a little <laughs> tough, but yeah. <laughs> brutal that was stupid of me man like that was so dumb i should have realized That's great the way your friend worded it <laughs> yeah. i would, I would have fell for it i'd be like oh yeah i'll ask her she she seems really smart <laughs> oh man that was that was damn funny. yep <laughs> he could have worded it even worse he could have been like oh yeah she passed him out the other day you can get one like miss mcconnell i miss That's when you amazing. passed out the cunt uh, can you <laughs> can you get me some of that? Yeah, uh, it was it was such a good setup. That's why I've never forgotten it because I was like, that was that was that was solid, man. Damn, I like that guy. Yeah, Trevor, Trevor Foreman. I was gonna say his name, his name was Little Smokey. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Damn, but see, even you remembered his name. I yep. can't remember people's names. <laughs> some people you just don't forget, man. That's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take us out out of here, Andrew. I will. Thank you, everybody, for checking out today's episode. Everybody on the live stream, you guys are freaking great. We love you. Thank you so much. Huge shout out and thank you to Piedmontese Beef for sponsoring today's episode. Best beef on the planet. You guys already know, but if you guys haven't tried so, you need to head over to Piedmontese.com. That's P-I-E-D-M-O-N-T-E-S-E.com at checkout. Enter promo code POWERPROJECT for 25% off your order. And if your order is $99 or more, you get free two-day shipping. Highly recommend that you just get the Power Project Deluxe Bundle. Uh, that way you can try out all of the diff- different cuts that we like the most. Um, just caveat, the code doesn't work on that because it's already discounted as is. But once you do get that uh, Deluxe Bundle, then you can go back and get your favorites and uh, use that code that way. Please make sure you're following the podcast at Mark Bell's Power Project on Instagram, at MB Power Project on Twitter. My Instagram and Twitter is at I am Andrew Z. And uh, again, if you guys want some... Uh, a little bit extra content, some exclusive content that you're not going to get anywhere else. Check out the link for the uh, Power Project newsletter down in the description or the podcast show notes. And Seema, how can people get in touch with you? Thanks for plugging the meat, Daddy. At uh, Seema Inning on Instagram Don't. and YouTube. At Seema Yin Yang on Twitter. Mark? <laughs> at Mark Smelly Bell. Strength is never weakness. Weakness never strength. Catch you guys later. <laughs>